Um, before we get into this, do you know that God wants to use you in the supernatural? He does. I just felt, we've just heard two awesome miracles today. Did you hear that? A guy was hit with a hammer three times in his head, smashed his head in, and God healed him. And now he's sharing the gospel. Hello? Yeah. Can I ask you, do you believe that? Yes. Okay, good. Good, because I think God is just wanting to get that into us. And Carol has just shared an awesome miracle of someone who's been radically affected. This is the power of God at work in us. And I've just, as I was hearing that, I just thought, no, I believe that God wants to change us as a church so that we also can do this kind of stuff. We have the faith for it, rather than us saying, well, you know, that's for somebody else. No, no, it's not. It's for us as a church. God is wanting to strip away doubt and cynicism from us, that we don't reflect our society, but we reflect Jesus, who is able to do this kind of stuff. So we are going to press on then with our series. This is the last of the origin series. And uh, really we're coming to the crescendo of the book of Revelation, which as you know is what we've been studying uh, over the last few weeks. And uh, today uh, we are going to take a look at the new heavens and the new earth. And uh, I hope you've seen from the very beginning of this study that God has always had a plan. And his plan has been this, to wrap everything up and then eventually to make everything new. And that is going to be our new home. That's where God is going to put us. Okay, so um, I'm, I feel like a little bit of an estate agent today. I am showing you your new home today. <laughs> Hello, it's lovely. Uh, please come and let me show you. Yeah, so we're going to read the final two chapters uh, of uh, Revelation. Now, just, just before we do that, I just want to get a little bit of context. So we have just seen, uh, uh, as Ian has been preaching and the others have preaching, but particularly Ian last week, we have seen the wrapping up of the age that we are currently in. So we, we've seen into the future and we're seeing the finishing of the current age. And what did we see? Well, let's just have a quick uh, recap. Well, the first thing we saw in chapter 19 was that Jesus will return one day. We are told that in the way that he left, he will return. And um, he comes this time not as a lamb, a sacrificial lamb on the cross, which is how he came first time. This time he comes as a conquering warrior, as a judge. You know, there are two images of Jesus on this, the lion and the lamb. Well, we've seen the lamb, now the lion is going to return. And he comes in uh, chapter 19. And he, we see him now defeat all of his enemies. Absolutely every single one. So he, as you read through um, Revelation, you see that initially Satan is locked up and put in a dungeon. And then we see uh, these two figures called the beast and the false prophet. We can argue about who they are and all that kind of stuff. But there are these two figures. They're an important part of Satan's plans for for the, the closing days of this period. And we see both of them defeated. They are both defeated. And God's word says they are thrown into what is described as a lake of fire. And uh, then we see Satan himself thrown into this lake of fire. The Bible says they will be tormented forever. Can't get round that. That's what it says. Then we see after that, we see all of humanity being judged. 
So all of humanity now stands, every single human that's ever lived, stands before the throne of God and is judged. It's an individual judgment that goes on. And of course, we know that those who believe in Christ are going to be rewarded. There is no fear in that time. But those who have chosen to reject God, um, we are told also, go to this lake of fire. You see how important this stuff is? We don't just trudge along to church on a Sunday because it's nice. No, this is life and death. This is eternal consequences about whether we believe or not. There is nothing more important uh, than uh, believing in him. So we're seeing all this stuff wrapped up. Jesus has returned. This is all happened. And then finally we see the last two uh, enemies of God. That's death and hell are also thrown into the lake of fire. So then by the end of uh, chapter 20, we read that all of God's enemies have now been dealt with like this. They have all been removed. Hallelujah. That's a good place to be in there. Yeah, absolutely. And then it says when Jesus has returned and all his enemies have been defeated, it says the old heaven and the old earth, the one we are currently on, at the, on right now, it says, this is how the Bible describes it, it says they fled away from the presence of God. And it says there was no place for them. It's like, it's like when Jesus returns in his, his, his awesome state, the current earth, which just can't function eternally, will just say, ah, and run. That seems to be what's implied. It fled away and there was no place. And kind of that's where we left it last week. Bit of a cliffhanger. Nice one, Ian. We're absolutely at this point. The old stuff has gone. This week, we can turn to the new. We all like something new, don't we? We like a new phone. Yeah, particularly when you've had that old phone for 10 years. And you bang the buttons and nothing happens and it's covered and the screen is cracked and it's old and you have to charge it up three times a day to get the thing to work and, and then you get the new one and you take that wrapping off, you know, that, oh, that, that screen, save the thing, oh, look, it's new, all the buttons work, yeah, new, and something new is about to come. So we're going to read two chapters together. Now, again, I haven't put them up uh, on a slide together so we can read them together so you might just want to listen to me or you might want to follow in your uh, Bibles I'm reading from the ESV version so we're going to read two chapters 21 and 22 and this is John speaking obviously and he says this then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain any more. The former things have passed away and he who was seated on the throne said behold I am making all things new also he said write this down for these words are trustworthy and true 
And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and, and sulfur, which is the second death. Then one of the angels who had seven bowls full of the, last, of the seven last plagues spoke to me, saying, Come, and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had great high walls. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and at the gates 12 angels and on the gates the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed on the east three gate uh, on the north three gates on the south three gates and on the west three gates and the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the 12 names of the tribe of the 12 apostles of the Lamb and the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city its gates and walls. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophase, uh, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. And I saw no temple in the city, for the temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun uh, or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light the nations will walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and the gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no more night there. And they will bring into it the glory and the honour of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. There will be no need of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God, and the spirits of the prophets have sent his angels to show his servants what must soon take place. And behold, I am coming soon. 
Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me. But he said to me, you must not do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words, of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus and the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Wow, okay. Well, um, things are getting happier in chapters 21 and 22 compared to where, uh, where we have been. And we start with a summary of what God is gonna do. And this is what we see, and then it says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. Right, so from that just that little intro <laughs> to chapter 21, we can see that there is a radical change coming in the environment where you and I are going to live. It's going to be radically different. And I think the emphasis here is on newness. Newness. This is what it says in verse 5. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. 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 The world as we currently know it is not going to exist. There is going to be a totally new model quite difficult for us to grip this because we are so used to living in this world. Yeah. This is all there is. No. God is telling us by faith there is a whole new world coming mm. and it will be totally different from this world. Hard to get hold of. So what I'd like to do then this morning is I'd like to ask this question. So what's going to be different? <clears throat> How is this new one going to be so different from the existing one. Let's just see if we can answer some of those questions. Well, I think the first thing we need to see, and the most important thing about this new world that we're gonna live in, is this. God will live there himself with us. So where is God at the moment? God the Father, where is he? He's in heaven, that's right. So the Bible tells us that God the Father and Jesus the Son are on the throne 
We've even seen it in chapters 4 and 5, the throne room. That's where he is. He is in heaven. When we are alive, where do we live? On earth. So God's in heaven. We're on earth. And the new heavens and the new earth, that's not going to happen. We're going to live in the same place. There won't be separate places where we live. Just one place. Ooh. Is what it says. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. So that's already hugely different. Unless you have a very, very spiritual life. Uh, I, I, I doubt you experience that at the moment. So we are also told, aren't we, that the throne of God is going to be relocated. God's going to move as part of this deal. It says the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the new Jerusalem. That's what we've been told. And his servants will worship him. So it seems it's a new heaven as well as a new earth. God's place is going to be new too. And we are told that this new Jerusalem will come down out of heaven. Now, the new Jerusalem is where God's heaven is, where his throne is. And we are told it will come down out of heaven. Where is it coming to? It's coming to earth. So heaven will exist on earth. The new heaven will exist on the new earth. So if you imagine a little bit like the you imagine Jerusalem of old. Okay, so we go back to the old covenant. Jerusalem was the capital of Israel. So Israel is, is the nation. And then you have Jerusalem with the presence of God in it, living, as it were, in Israel. So I think that's the idea we've got, we've got here. The new Jerusalem will be located on earth. You can imagine it a little bit, perhaps like, um, like Eden. Do you remember at the beginning? God creates the earth and then he creates Eden. So Eden is a garden on the wider earth. Eden doesn't cover the whole earth, just a bit of it. So suddenly you've got this idea that God and man are going to be absolutely living in the same sort of place. I think even there is a reference, isn't there, to, to this new Jerusalem coming down like a bride. A bride coming down, adorned for her husband. That's how it's described. Now, what's the thinking here? I think the imagery that it's saying is this. When you're a, 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 you've got a boy and a girl, and they are raised in families, and they live in different places. Somebody will live in one city or a town, and the other one lives in another town, or maybe even another nation. But the day will come when they get married. And what will happen is they, they will come together from their different places, and they will live in the same place together. And that's what God is saying. In the new heavens and the new earth, God and man are coming together. You know, I'm impressed at all. I'm just, <laughs> wow. And I think all of this is designed to show the incredibly close level of connection that you and I are going to enjoy with God. Yeah. Uh, 
We think of we think of Eden. How does it describe God's relationship with Adam and Eve? It says God would walk with Adam in the cool of the day. We have this tremendous sense of his closeness, walking with him, talking with him. Not they knew him. I think we absolutely uh, get that flavour. When Paul was speaking about this in 1 Corinthians 13, he talked about seeing God one day face to face. That's the kind of language that's used in Revelation 22. It says the servants of God will see his face. Intimate, close connection. You and I are going to live in glorious, close, intimate connection with our Heavenly Father in a way that none of you have experienced before. That's good as well, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So that's the first thing. That's the first thing that we see. The second thing is that there is going to be a total absence of suffering and death. This is what it says. People wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, and there will be uh, neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain. The former things have passed away. So what's the implication of no death, of no mourning, no crying, and no pain? Let's just have a little think about that. What does that mean? Well, it means this. You will never go to a funeral in the new heaven, in the new earth. There will, there will be no funerals. You will never lose somebody that you love again, ever. Ever. There will be uh, no death. You will uh, never have to see someone that you love endure pain. How many of us have had to do that? See someone that we love endure physical pain. It's awful. And of course you yourself will never have to endure physical pain. There will be, I suspect, no medication. No hospitals. That's, they're just not going to be needed. No hospitals. I mean, just imagine a world without hospitals. Yeah. There's going to be no pharmacy. I, I need some paracetamol. Somewhat. We don't, we don't do that here now. Now, it also says, because there will be no death, no mourning, no crying, no pain, I think we can say this. There's no war. It's not going to be any war in this new home of ours. Can you imagine a world without war? Humanity has been perpetually at war somewhere on the globe from its inception. Can you imagine that how many millions and millions of pounds have been put, dollars or whatever, have been put into warfare? The resource, the energy, the loss, the pain, all of that stuff. In this new place, there's going to be no war. It's gone. I mean, that takes a bit of adjusting to, doesn't it? Uh, uh, really? No war. And even to say there's going to be no crying implies that you will never endure an upset, a sadness that will make you weep. You're right to look a bit confused because we can't really quite process that, can we? The other thing that perhaps we need to say as well, in this new environment, there is no chance of another fall. 
You know, before humanity was put into paradise and we fell, and we were removed from paradise, that's what the Bible tells us. But in this new world, that's not going to happen again. That's not going to happen again. I mean, firstly, there is no Satan to try and tempt us into another fall. And if there is no death, then there can be no sin. Because the Bible says, sin results in death. So, there's going to be no uh, interruption, no end to the reign of humanity on the new earth. That's what we're told. This is all quite good, isn't it? (laughs) What else can we say about this new place? There will be nothing accursed. Because the ground after the fall uh, of Adam and Eve was cursed. Do you remember that? In Eden, God curses the ground. And as a result of that, uh, mankind has had to uh, work really hard from the sweat of its brow to get its food. That's what uh, we've had to do. And we're also told that thorns and thistles start to grow up uncontrollably everywhere. So mankind's had to kind of wrestle with the natural world to get to subdue it in order to get it to be productive so that we can uh, grow food. Our relationship with the natural world is going to be completely different to the way it is today. It's going to be completely different. We're also told that nothing unclean will ever enter the New Jerusalem. Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Everyone there is saved. (laughs) Did you notice as well, uh, the first scripture I read, it says there's going to be no sea. Do you remember that? It said there will be no sea. There's lots of debate around that as to what does that actually mean. Does that mean literally there will be like no Atlantic Ocean? Or does, is that a symbol? And it's probably both, I suspect. Because in, um, in um, uh, Israel, first century Israel, a sea was seen as being a place of evil, of turmoil, of disaster. So symbolically here, in the new heavens and the new earth, there is no sea. In other words, there is no evil. None. It also says there will be no night. So there will be no darkness. I think the symbolism of that is obvious. No darkness in this place. Also, it's going to be incredibly beautiful. We're going to live in a place that's going to be staggeringly beautiful. The city is described as, this city coming down is described as having the glory of God on it and a radiance like a most rare jewel. So all these descriptions of its walls and its gates. So we've got, we've got streets of gold and we've got walls bedecked with jewels. And um, the gate, did you get this? The gates to the city will be large pearls. A massive, I mean, how big is that? How does that work? Has it got a handle on it? I don't know. Big pearl. And it says during the day, these gates will always be open. Bit of a reference, I think, back to Eden, because the gates of Eden were closed. Mankind was kicked out. But in this new place, that's not going to happen. The gate will always uh, be open. 
So I think the idea here we get is this, it's mind-blowingly beautiful. That's what has been communicated to us in a way that we cannot probably quite conceive. It is incredibly beautiful. Let me move on to chapter 22. Um, it says we see a river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God right through the middle of the street. Now, that river should also take us back to Eden because we're told in Eden there is a river running through Eden that waters the garden and then it goes on to water the rest of the planet. <clears throat> and uh, I guess when you think of a river, you think of a place that is refreshing, a place where you can drink, where there's life, where there's, you know, all the good stuff. People, when, in, in ancient societies, people would gather around the river because they could live there. There would be, and that's, this is the idea we have, that a river will flow through this new city, this new Jerusalem, and it will be God's constant provision, constant nourishing, constant blessing that flows perpetually through the new heaven or the new Jerusalem. So there's a quick little look at our new home. You and I are going to live there. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. That's our eternal home. Then the rest of the chapter of 22 is dominated by a single phrase that is repeated three times. Jesus says this, I am coming soon. And this is where the Bible ends. This is the final chapter of scripture. Jesus reminds us three times, I am returning, I am coming back, and it's gonna be soon. So I think this is a, a, a an encouragement really not to give up. The description of our new home is meant to say to our hearts, oh, I long for that place. One day I'm gonna be there. Today is tough. Today I go through difficulty, but God has said there will be a totally different place I can live. And Jesus said, oh, by the way, it's gonna happen soon. I'm coming back soon. Very quickly, you will be gathered up and you will be taken to this new place yeah. and I think this idea that Jesus is coming back soon is I've said before is something that Christians need to live with deep in their heart we don't know when he's going to come back but he is now if you remember this uh, book as well the book of Revelation was written at a time of great persecution and suffering under the Roman uh, Caesars and slightly the danger can be is we think, well, this really, this book is only relevant for people who are really suffering. I just want to say, I think that's wrong. That's totally wrong. It is for those who suffer, but it's also for us not to settle in the comfort of here and now. Don't settle in the here and now. Let the, what is there in the future provoke you. Let this promise of Jesus, I'm coming soon, you're going to be gathered up to this. Let that keep you with your eyes on the prize. Yeah, let's just keep focused on Jesus. Let's keep serving him rather than slipping into a worldly life. Let me pray together. Lord, I want to thank you that you are good. I want to thank you that you have a new heaven and a new earth. 
Father, I want to thank you that you are preparing things that are really beyond our understanding. And Lord, we just say again, we trust you for what's to come. Holy Spirit, would you help us now to let this stuff sink into our heart? Lord, I ask you that you'd help us not to be cynical about this. But instead, let it to let your word do the job that it's meant to do. Let's just have a moment's silence, shall we, as we just ponder the new heaven and the new earth. us to the end. That brings us to the end of our series. I hope that's been helpful for you as we've looked at that in recent uh, recent weeks and uh, I have no doubt that we will return to these subjects as, as the years go on. Okay.